Let me invite us into worship this morning with these words from the scripture. Bring, your, bring to God your sacrifices of praise and the consecration of your hearts. For help comes from God's sanctuary. God answers us in our day of trouble. God causes us to rise and stand upright and fills our lives with new purpose. Light shines in our darkness and we know God's glory in the face of Christ. Look beyond the earthen vessels that we are to know the transcendent power of God. And may God's spirit come mightily among us to heal us and to grant us new life. Let's pray together. Holy God, before whom there are no secrets, we come into your presence this day as we really are in all of our brokenness and hardness of heart, in all of our pretense and pride, come into the darkness that we have created with the light of your glory so that we may worship you with our whole being. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. There's a great story about an insurance agent who stopped into a neighborhood church one Sunday morning of all times to uh, see if she could sell some insurance. And she greeted the head usher at the door and asked to talk to whoever was in charge. And the head usher said, hey, it's not me. I only hand out bulletins. Let me take you to see the pastor. Insurance agent went to see the pastor, asked him if he was the one in charge. And he said, no, not me. I only preach and teach. And let me take you to the administrative leader of our church. So he did, and the insurance uh, agent asked the chair of the administrative uh, team if she was in charge, and she said, not me. I only conduct meetings and listen to complaints. Let me take you to, to the chair of the, our board of trustees. So she went to the board of trustees and met the chair, and she asked him if he was the one in charge, and he said, not me. I just take care of the buildings and grounds. So by this time, the insurance agent's getting really frustrated and wonders aloud, I wonder who really is in charge in this church. And at that moment, the person who makes coffee each Sunday morning piped up and said, that would be me, I'm in charge. <laughs> Nothing happens around here until I make the coffee. We are in the final and fourth week of this series called Fresh Start. Uh, we've been talking about how we find God's direction in our life and we've coupled that with how to make some good honoring decisions in our life. And today we're gonna put the final piece of the puzzle together and this journey to learn how to make a new start in life. And we're gonna be talking about forgiveness which plays an important role in our being able to move forward past some of the problems and mistakes and failures of our life and we'll get to all that in just a few moments. But let's pray together. Holy God, make your presence known to us today. We come to you with our vision so often clouded by our sin. So clear away the mist through Jesus that we can catch a glimpse of your presence here. Help us to see you as you really are, not as we would like you to be, but as you are. Teach us and lift us up this day as we worship you and we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Moving forward in life is important if we wanna make progress. Forward, the word forward is defined as toward the front, in the direction that one is facing or traveling. Onward as to make progress, toward a successful conclusion, toward the future, 
ahead in time. Recently, I read a few quotes about moving forward. Maybe you've heard some of these. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. As I look back on my life, I realize that every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. The truth is, unless you go, unless you forgive yourself, unless you forgive the situation, unless you realize that the situation is over, you cannot move forward. What good is living a life you've been given if all you do is stand in one place? The hardest part about moving forward is not looking back. Today we're gonna to finish this series called Fresh Start As We Do. Let me remind you that where we have been. And I wanna quickly recap the first three weeks in this series. And some of you uh, were not able to be here uh, for a variety of reasons. So let me just touch on the first of these three weeks as we set the stage for today. The first week we learned that if we're gonna start over in life after a mistake or after a failure and do things differently, do things better, then the last time we have to let go of three myths that seem to hold us back. The first myth is that experience makes us wiser. And we learned that experience doesn't necessarily make us wiser, it just makes us older. It is evaluated experience that makes us wiser the next time because only as we take a step back and evaluate our life and our actions and our attitudes can we truly be wise. The second myth is that since we now know better, we'll do better in the future. No, just because we know right from wrong doesn't mean we always do the right thing. We need to learn some new behaviors so that we can do better. And the third myth is that time is our enemy. This often leads us to make quick, sometimes irrational, unfaithful decisions. We need to see that time is our friend. Time allows us to evaluate past experiences and learn from our behaviors. In the second week of the series, we learned that we need to own our part of past failures and not just play the blame game. If we keep blaming other people for all of our problems, all of our failures, we'll never learn what we need to do differently or how to do things differently. We need to own our piece of the past so that we can make peace with it and start over. And then last week we learned that we also have to rethink our life choices. We literally need to ask ourselves, what was I thinking when I made that choice? This is important so we can think in new ways which will lead us to new attitudes, new priorities, and even new actions. Today we're gonna to talk about our need to release it. So let's go back to the idea that we need to own our piece of the past. We need to rethink what we have owned, our piece of the pie, and for uh, for those who may not have been here in week two, we talked, we drew a circle. And in that circle, we put all of the stuff of our life, our hurts, our problems, our pain, all the failures, all the mistakes, everything about our life in that circle. And what we discovered is that we have a tendency to blame everybody else for all the problems in our life. But there's a part of that circle, not all of it, but a part of it that we have to own. That's the part that we need to 
look at and see how we uh, play a part in the problems in our own life. And so we need to rethink what we own, our piece of the pie, but we also need to release it. We need to learn to release it, uh, release what was done to us, or we're gonna carry all of that forward with us. And the bigger part of the circle of blame is all the things that have been done to us that have caused us problems. You know, the big, a big part of all of our life experiences is filled with people who have said and done things that have hurt us. Almost all of our lives at some point or another have been touched by people who have let us down, who have disappointed us, or maybe even betrayed us. They may even be filled with, uh, it, our life may even be filled with people who have abused us in some way, taken advantage of us, crippled us emotionally or spiritually or financially or relationally. There is real pain and there's real hurt in every one of our lives. And every time we start over, this stuff tends to go with us unless we learn how to release it, unless we learn how to forgive. Now to help us understand forgiveness, let me use the analogy of a backpack. You know what a backpack is. We raise a bunch of dollars every year to help kids have backpacks for school. You can't go to school without seeing just about every kid carrying a backpack. Some of our adults do that as well to work and uh, for other reasons. But con consider the backpack uh, being that place that contains all of the hurt and the pain of our life. All of our past hurts, all of the failures, all of the struggles are all packed in that backpack. Picking up a backpack, every, that backpack every day and heading out the door to work or to school or some other life event is like wearing a backpack that's loaded with a bunch of rocks. Who would do that except a, a geologist? Probably fills the backpack with rocks. But most of us wouldn't do that. We wouldn't fill that backpack with a whole pile of rocks and walk out the door every day. Who would intentionally fill their backpack uh, to go each and every morning with a load of rocks. But you see, the analogy is because everywhere we go, the weight of what's in that backpack is going to go with us until we learn how to let go of it, until, until we learn how to release it. So every time we're hurt, every time we experience a problem or a failure and need that opportunity to start over, we are trying to do it weighed down with that burden of the past. And because we're weighed down, when we try again, chances are we're gonna fail, which means there's another burden, another rock being added to the pack. And that increases our chance at failure in moving forward. The only way to start over and make sure that the next time is gonna be better than the last time is learn how to release the pain how to re release the hurt so that we aren't carrying the problems and the people and the hurts with us into our future. And one of the questions I often ask people who are struggling to make a fresh start in life because of their past is this question, how far into the future are you going to carry your anger and your fear and your doubt? How long do you plan to carry around those who have hurt you into your future? Why do you want to take them with you 
How long will you allow those who have disappointed you in your past to control your future? As long as we're not willing to release those situations to God, then we are carrying them into the future with us. Now, it's important for us to learn from the past. It's important to evaluate, to ask tough questions, to rethink situations. But if we cannot and will not forgive, then our past is going to define us. Those who are able to start over will have learned how to allow their past to remind them, but not define them. We learn from the past, but we aren't limited by it. But releasing our past doesn't just happen. It's a choice that we have to make. We have to reach into the pack, we have to reach into the past, reach into that circle of blame and take hold of something, take hold of someone and actually release it. We have to learn how to let it go. And you see, forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision on our part to let go of an offense so that we can fully and freely move forward. When the apostle Peter asked how often he should forgive others, Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 said, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven. And with the, that answer, Jesus was not saying that we only need to forgive people 490 times, but that we need to forgive people all the time. We also need to release our anger in some way that we're not carrying it into the future where it will continue to define us and cripple us and make us to have to keep starting over. So let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. In the New Testament book of Ephesians, chapter four, beginning with verse 26, we read these words of the Apostle Paul. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. There's a great little old story told about a little boy who got into a fight with his older brother one morning and, and uh, somehow, uh, somewhat outmatched, he took quite a beating from the older brother and it was his pride though that was suffered the most. And the whole experience left him feeling angry and bitter. In fact, he refused to talk to his brother the rest of the day. So bedtime came around and their mother, very much wanting to see the two make up, said to the younger brother, don't you think you should forgive your brother before you go to sleep? Remember, the Bible says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So the youngster thought for a moment and then he blurted out, mommy, how can I keep the sun from going down? See, the boy's question revealed that he had no intention of getting rid of the grudge. He wanted to keep hold of that anger and that hurt. He, he reminds me of some Christ followers. We get angry at certain people and we hold grudges, don't we? When we are confronted with our unforgiving attitude and urge to make things right, we often sidestep the issue and refuse to acknowledge the clear instruction of Scripture. True, we cannot change another person's heart, but we are responsible for our own attitudes. The Bible says, be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as, Christ, even as God in Christ forgave you. No, we can't keep the sun from going down, 
but we can keep it from setting on our anger, and that means we must forgive. Aristotle once said, anybody can become angry, that's easy. But to be angry with the right person, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, and in the right way, that's not so easy. Don't sin by letting anger control you. What's interesting about this verse is that it actually has two imperatives, two commands. Another way to translate this might be, be angry but don't sin, which tells us that it's not a sin to be angry. There is an appropriate place for our anger, but when we choose to hold on to that anger, we sin. The rest of the verse tells us that we need to release it. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. I've known several couples over the years who took this passage very literally and would not let their day end without resolving their anger. In fact, some Bibles translate this passage as don't go to bed angry. That might be good advice for some couples and for some problems, but let's be clear. Some problems, some hurts, a lot of the pain in life can't be resolved in 24 hours. So maybe we shouldn't look at this verse in terms of a 24-hour period, but as a period of time. At some point in time, we have to release that pain. At some point in time, we need to forgive. We need to move forward, and that forgiveness is a choice that we have to make. So why is it important to release the pain and forgive people? The Apostle Paul says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. When we aren't willing to forgive, we are creating a staging ground in our life, in our heart, for more bitterness, more resentment, more anger to surface, which destroys our future and any attempts we make to start over. If we aren't willing to to own our mistakes in past relationships and forgive those who have hurt us, then we take all of those problems and people into our future relationships. See, the word devil in this verse can also be translated as liar, slanderer, deceiver. And in the Bible, that's all the ways and more that Satan is portrayed. He is the enemy of our souls. He's the ultimate deceiver. And many times the people in our circle of blame are those who have lied to us, who have slandered our good name, who have deceived us. So maybe we need to take a look at this verse in this way. Do not give blank, you fill in the name, a foothold. Fill in the name of the person or persons who have hurt you. Maybe it was a parent, maybe a spouse, maybe a teacher or a coworker or a boss. Will we continue to give those people a place in our life where they can continue to undermine our faith and our self-esteem? Will we allow them to continue to define us? Define who we are and how we live and destroy any attempts to start over? Or Or will we release it and move on? Look at verses 31 and 32. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So this is our responsibility. This is our work for the week. We have to get rid of our anger. We have to forgive. Maybe a better word would be to use the word pardon. 
See, when we pardon someone, we're not always saying that they're innocent. Often they may still be guilty, but we aren't holding it against them. The pardon allows us to acknowledge that what they have done to us is wrong, but then release it so that we can be set free and they can be set free to move forward. There are times when what we need to release is the burden of our own past, of our own failures and problems and bad decisions. And at times, just rethinking our past is not enough. We actually need to pardon ourselves and not allow our past to shape our future. It's important for us to learn to forgive ourselves because we deserve that, and I know we deserve it because God has made the choice to forgive us. Each and every one of us deserves a better future because God loves us so much that he made the decision to pardon us and give us a better future. In Christ, God forgave us. God has pardoned us. We are guilty of sin, but God was willing to release that so that we could make a fresh start. God pardons and forgives because God wants us to experience a better future. God loves us and wants for us healthier and a happier future, but to get there, we have to forgive ourselves and we have to forgive others. So let me end this message this morning with two practical tips about forgiving other people. And the first one is this, sometimes we have to go first. Too often we wait and tell ourselves that we'll forgive once that other person admits that they were wrong. But here's the problem with waiting. Many times that person won't ever come to us. So we could be waiting a lifetime and lose out on years of health and happiness. And every, even if they do come to us and ask for forgiveness, sometimes we're not ready to receive that. We think that it's not quite genuine enough, maybe not complete enough, so maybe we need to make the first move and have the difficult conversation so that we can move on. But secondly, we need to make a list. We need to make a list of all we are letting go of. What do these people owe us? What have they taken from us? How have they hurt us? We don't make the list in order to feed more anger. We make the list so that we know exactly what it is that we're releasing to God. If we write down everything that fills in that circle of blame, my guess is that there will be more than we ever thought, which is good because then we're able to let go of more things. And the more we let go, the more freely we'll be able to move into the future. So making a fresh start in this new year means that we have to own it, we have to rethink it, we have to release it. We can't skip any of those steps and do things better the next time. We have to own our part of the problem so we know how to forgive ourselves and to make uh, different decisions going forward. We have to rethink our priorities and our attitudes and our assumptions about life. But we need to release the pain and release the hurt of the past so we don't keep carrying that around into the future. Every day we're given a chance to start over because we have a God who loves us. And when God looks at us, God says, you deserve better than this. You deserve a better future, a healthier life of faith and purpose and love. So my prayer for you today is that you will go and give yourself a fresh start in this year. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for the Apostle Paul's simple but important teaching on anger issues. And I pray that we may be ready and willing to express our anger against sin, against the things that grieve your heart in a godly and righteous way that honors your name. But we also pray that we would recognize any less than godly emotions which motivate us toward unrighteous anger. Help us not to let the sun go down on our wrath And may we never give the enemy a foothold in our life, either directly through anger or indirectly by allowing legitimate righteous anger to deteriorate into self-righteous attitudes. Give us wisdom, we pray. Give us a discerning heart to know when to be angry without sinning so that the testimony we present to others may be one of your honor and your glory. And it's in Christ's name that we pray.